Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Uh, we are now, Dr. Daniels, what we mentioned about a couple episodes ago has now happened. And we said that if they roll up with the, the, with the SWAT team and everything, basically, I'm going to say it, all hell's going to break loose. And that's what has happened. Yeah. And... Like and our president um, has really just doubled down on everything that he could possibly do. That is right. Like if there was a playbook of what you could do that would be wrong, mm-hmm. it's like he's doing that playbook. Absolutely. And I, go ahead, Doctor Dan. It, it's this one here. I know is going past thirty minutes. So everybody's listening. And watching, this is probably going to go past 30 minutes because I know Dr. Daniels will probably probably almost stand up in the chair. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you hit the nail on the head. There is so much wrong in what he has done um, based on this George Floyd incident. And, you know, I wish I could say it happened at the wrong time, but I believe it happened at the right time. Not that George Floyd, his murder, should have ever happened. Um, but you know, if, if you're going to have a, a catalyst for change, you know, it's, it's, it's timing is everything, you know? And, and so, you know, you don't know why God allows things to happen sometimes the way he allows them to happen. And you don't, you know, no one likes the idea of someone having to be the martyr. Uh, but in this case, you have to wonder, you know, the God's hand and how God is moving to make some changes in, in, right. in our communities at large, because, like you say, if you know, it, a perfect storm. You know, this was a perfect storm, in that you you have um, a a young man that um, is is the is the typical what white folk look at as being the typical uh, black man to fear, right? right. You know, he's he's, he's uh, over six feet tall. You know, he looks you know pr- you know pretty muscular kind of guy. Um, he t- he's towering over you know that police officer. Um, he's, he's not 99 years old, right. you know, um, but he's compliant, right? Uh, he's on the ground, his hand, he's handcuffed. The police officer has his hands in his pockets, which, which demonstrates that he does not fear for his life because you only use that kind of force when you fear for your life. Right. If your hands are in your pocket, obviously you don't fear. What you're really saying is I'm controlling you, you know? And, and the fact that he just asked George to get up, you know, stand up, stand up, knowing he can't stand up because his knee is in his neck. So you have that going on. You, you have uh, people who are around him that are tape, videotaping it. And even in the presence of being videotaped, this guy still is defying. This officer is still defying it, has his knee. And, you know, so you have that, that, that brewing. But it happens at a time when people have been quarantined. Right. For, for a month or two. Right. So so you, you've been in the home, you you know, you got cabin fever. You want to get out. Right. You know, you want to congregate, but you don't really have enough push to get you to come out. And then you have a a uh, a, a leader, uh, well, a so-called leader, because he's really not a leader. Our president doesn't lead. Mm-hmm. What he does is he divides. Right. So we have a president that then does something stupid that causes, as you say, quote, all hell to break loose, 
which really means those people that were home in quarantine <laughs> said, <laughs> right. ah, now I have a reason to get out. Yeah, right. You know, I got a reason to get out. And so you have, on the one hand, people who want to get out, and now they have a reason to get out. You have a, 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 an atrocity that's occurred, and everyone is seeing it, and so it, it, it kind of, you know, happens at the right place at the right time for people who probably would not have marched. Right. Now, I just want some fresh air anyway to get right. out and march. Uh, I need a new TV. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I, you know, right. I, I, I probably wouldn't have went out there. Right. But I, I've been locked in the house and couldn't watch TV. I got this, you know, 24-incher. Right. I need a 60-incher. Right. So now they're coming out. Everything is happening at the right. The, the gangs, you, the gang bangers couldn't even gang bang properly. Right. Because everybody's on a quarantine. Right. That's right. right? So now you can come <laughs> back out. You can start back stealing, you know, because now you can get in the stores. Right. Yeah. Perfect timing. The sad part is um, we don't have a leader that can do anything to make this move forward. But sometimes I think that this is what God wanted to happen so that people could see the injustice that black men face every day. Yeah, and I, I think one thing, too, is because people was already protesting on being on lockdown, mm -hmm. okay? Our, our Caucasian, uh, Caucasian. We can uh, call them white. <laughs> white, white. <laughs> white, white brothers and sisters right. was mad mm -hmm. because they couldn't go out. Mm -hmm. And I would tell my wife, I said, it's very interesting when a white person gets treated black and how they respond. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they you know, raise all type of hell and, you know, go on to the internet and, and calling wavy TV 10 and, and everything It's but now when, so they're ready to protest, mm -hmm. you know, anti-government. Right. And then now you have this, the thing happens with uh, Floyd. Right. So black lives matter comes into play. And then the rest of the groups come into play to want to protest police brutality. Mm -hmm. Our white brothers and sisters say, hey, wait a minute. I now got a little tinge, just, just, just a little sip of mm -hmm. what y'all go through. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know what? I will now march with you on this because, you know, I'm tired of it too. I'm tired of the government telling me what I can and can't do. Mm -hmm. More whites protesting than blacks, actually. Yes. Not just in America. In Europe, you know, in London, in Germany, all, right. you know, all over the world, people are protesting and saying, America, you are not what you said you were. You know, you are not the land of the free and the home of the brave. You are the land of injustice, you know. And so our whole, uh, the outlook on America uh, is being highlighted as being one of a, a country that is oppressing uh, you know, one third of his population, right? you know, and all because we have a president that feels like he's a king, you know, he, you know, his, his monarchy is being shaken up right now. Right. Yeah, and the, the crazy thing about it is that if he literally would take the exact opposite approach to what he's doing, mm -hmm. he would get everything that he would want. Personally, people would be praising him People would be like, you're a great president. Oh, they would be treating him like the people treated Obama. Like, oh, I wish he would stay in office. Literally, the playbook is in front of you. Just do the exact opposite of what you're doing now. 
You know, he, he uh, the unfortunate reality is is that um, I think the, the Solomon said it best that a fool can only act like a fool, and and that's kind of what we have. You know, who in their right mind, who in their right mind <clears throat> would call up the National Guard, the Army, the Federal Police, just so you can walk across the street? Right. You know, you and your family walk across the street, stand in front of a church that doesn't even want you to be there, hold up a Bible that obviously is not your Bible, you know, uh, to say I'm the law and order uh, president, when you could have said that from the White House lawn. Right. But in having, when you walked across the street and pushed those peaceful protesters out of the way, right. you didn't decrease the animosity. You increased the animosity towards yourself. Right. Now, there is, it is true that there are probably some people who uh, feel like that blacks have not been mistreated that will, you know, applaud what he did. You know, no doubt there are many that will. In fact, that one of his cabinet members said that um, that there there is no there, there, that we don't have a systemic problem with police departments. Um, that there there is no injustice uh, when it concerns blacks in America. Um, but just because you don't accept there is a problem doesn't mean there is not a problem. Think about this: you have, as you you talked about. Um, white people protesting because they wanted to be able to go out to the grocery stores and so forth and so on. Right. These people had shotguns, they had machine guns, they had pistols, and they took over a capital. Yep, they did. They took over the capital. They took it over. Right. Not one police fired a bullet. Not one police threw a tear gas. Not one police did anything. Right. No, no one even asked them to leave. What do you think would have happened if black folk mm. got armed to the teeth and tried to take over a state capital? You know, I don't even want, it would be like Tulsa. The, the situation happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, it would be all out war. And it, it would be a, one of the saddest days in, a, you know, in recent memory for America. Because that's what exactly what it would be death and carnage. Carnage right. everywhere. Everywhere. And then you would, it would basically cause a real, I ain't going to go as far as a civil war, but it really would it make things much worse than what they are now. There's no way that America would have let black people do what they let those white people do. No. White privilege is real. And, and, and it, it is time for white people to stop acting like white privilege is not real. Right. It, 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 it is real. And, and, and it's, just, it's, 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 it's so sickening to me. You know, just like um, the president said, he's going to declare Antifa uh, to be a um, domestic terrorist group. And, and just you know, so everyone understands who Antifa is, because they may not know, Antifa really is not a group per se. But it really is, in my opinion, it is more of an ideology. It is more, you know, than than a group. Right. But it is an ideology that suggests that um, th that oppression by um, the government sh 
on minorities and on or, or to people that when you try to limit their civil rights, um, that you should not take it lying down. That you know you 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 sometimes, if people don't hear you mm-hmm. when you speak, then you must act so they have to listen. That's kind of the approach they take. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, the gentleman that used to be the president of, um, and I can't think of his name, but he used to be the president of um, uh, of SNCC uh, at one time. And he said, this is during the civil rights era, he said that um, I don't mind sitting at the table talking, but if you don't listen, I'll take one of these legs off the table and go upside <laughs> your head. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's kind of how Antifa, that's right. kind of their philosophy. Well, he's saying that they are domestic terrorists, right? But I've never heard any president say that the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan, are domestic terrorists. Right. Uh, the FBI isn't trying to root out, you know, uh, the Klan. They're not trying to lock Klan members up. Right. Uh, you have to get a civil rights lawyer to, to get on your side to do that. Right. Th- these neo-Nazi organizations, they have not classify them as domestic terrorists. How can you not classify a neo-Nazi as domestic terrorism when we fought against a country that was full of, full of Nazis? Right. Th- that is the most asinine thing to me. You glorify them and you, and well, I'm saying you meaning the president, he glorifies them and he calls them good people. Yeah. When they're saying we are the people you fought against in World War II, we represent them. We are a vestige of them. And you accept that. And they are not considered domestic terrorists. I'm just um, so frustrated and so angered by um, my Christian white pastors as well. Yeah. Um, not all of them. I, you know, I, I applaud the Episcopals, but, but, but 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 many many of the white pastors um, have not stood up and said to their congregations that white privilege that that it is a, a real thing and and we need to do more than just talk you know I you know I'm I'm tired of people saying let's talk about it right I'm that tired we, of town halls right yeah we've right. had enough town halls we've had enough let's talk about it we've had enough well you know we're gonna give you you know we're gonna give you a little bit. No, don't give us a little bit. Give us equality. Right. You know, give give us what we give us what we deserve to have, uh, and 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 that that's what bothers me as well. Yeah, it's yeah, it is it is bad, and it's like you. It's like waiting at the bus stop, and it never comes. Mm-hmm. Like for the people that are, that I know, when you in Virginia Beach. The trolley runs in Virginia Beach, right? Mm. One time I was down there with my family, and we sat at this little stand waiting on the trolley. We could see the trolley coming. <laughs> we didn't realize it was going to make a turn and go all the way on the back road, I think it was Atlantic Avenue, mm-hmm. back and come back around, right? It's like, but that's what it feels like, being black in America. Like, you can see it coming. Like, okay, maybe it'll get here. Right. And then it doesn't show up. Right. Or if it shows up, it's only a seat for five people. Right. You know, it's, it ain't, it ain't, it's not for everybody. And then the five blacks that get on the bus, but act like they even forgot that they were standing beside you when they get, when they got on the bus. That's another problem I got. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what? 
And I've never heard that analogy, but I got to tell you, that was on point. <laughs> that was right on point. Because when, when President Obama was elected, that was, I saw the trolley. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I saw the trolley. Right. And my thought was, it's coming our way. Right. But then he gets out of office, and it's like the trolley took a detour. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so when he got there, you're right. It picked up a couple of folk. <laughs> but but a couple of folk he just ran over. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, I, I will say this, though. There was, you know, there was one ray of hope that I got out of this thing. Um, uh, I don't know if you, well, I'm sure you do. You know, Senator Tim Scott, which is the only black Republican senator. Uh, I, I met him some time ago. Um, and um, when I first met him, I was, I, 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 I thought like you just said, that he's one of the five that got on the bus. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and forgot about the ones that got off the bus. I was so proud of him, even though he's a black Republican, and, and I don't agree with everything he espouses, obviously. Right. But I was so proud of him when he said that anyone that thinks that there is not systemic racism in America is either blind or a fool. I was so proud of him when he said that um, the president's actions exacerbated the situation. I was so proud of him um, when he said that I myself have been stopped seven times in the past year by police. I was proud of him when he said to the reporter, and he was on Fox News saying right. this. That's what made it even more interesting. Right. When he said that um, I've even been stopped going into my own office building, showing them my ID that I'm a senator. Right. <laughs> he said, and not just when I first became a senator either. You know, and, and and so, you know, here's a black senator that that's that's we're going to his own office and right. being questioned, even though he has all the credentials he needs to get in. You know that that is a stark example of the difference between you know whites and blacks in America and how we are treated. And what I can't figure out, and I've asked this of some white people I know, I can't figure out why they fear us so much. Why they feel like that whenever they see a black man, it, that he means danger towards them. I can't figure that out. I don't understand why, why are we feared so much that you feel like whenever you approach us, you have to kill us? Some of it, I, I, I think, is you fear what you don't understand. And I think the, they don't understand black people. They don't, they don't even understand black culture. You know, they love it, though. They love it, but they don't understand it. They don't understand why um, a kid would do graffiti. They don't understand why does, you know, people, a, a mural will be put up on the side of a brick wall in the city and people love it. Mm -hmm. They You know, they don't understand why when a, a guy had bought a building in Brooklyn and he wanted to tear down the wall of Biggie, the mural of Biggie, how the city said, no, this is part of Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that mm -hmm. so therefore they fear it you know it's i'm gonna ask you a question why aren't more black people republicans that's a, a excellent question because the i believe historically it is because the um, 
Republican Party was hijacked by um, white uh, supremacists. You know, because initially the Republican Party was full of blacks. Right. You know that was the that was our party. You right. know, if you go back to reconstruct the Reconstruction era. Right. Right. Um, the, the Republican Party was that party that that blacks, um, you know, clung to. And in fact, you know, if you think about even in civil rights era that, you know, you had those Democrats that were down South, they were racist. Mm -hmm. You know, those were, they call them Dixiecrats. Right. Um, Which still exists today. Exactly. It it certainly do. But see, but, but now many of them that are racist have switched over to becoming Republicans for, for various reasons. Now, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I, you know, it's, I think it was opportunity that caused those those Dixiecrats to become Republicans, mm-hmm. because those Dixiecrats were not going to support John F. Kennedy, right? You know, and, and that's just how I think about it. They were not going to support John F. Kennedy, and Kennedy happened to be a Democrat. So I think that's what caused a lot of Republicans, who no, excuse me, a lot of Democrats that were right. that were racist to switch over, right, and become Republicans because they could not deal with. John F. Kennedy. Remember, um, just like Lyndon B. Johnson. Johnson, you know, was a Democrat, but he was right. a Southern Democrat. Right. And so, in order to get the Southern vote, you had a uh, uh, um, John F. Kennedy that said, "Let me select him as my vice president." Right. Right. Because he knew this man knew he understood the South. You know, he probably doesn't use the N word. Can, can, right. can I say nigga on this broadcast? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you asked the question, then you say it, right? Right. He knew John F. Kennedy had used the word nigger so many times it was a shame. Right. So, but he knew he could get some of those votes, and he did. Right. And so then you, but you have a Democrat aligned with a Repub- with a with a with a with a with a Northern Democrat. Right. And so then from there you you go to a, a man Johnson who probably has a change of heart, you know, in how he viewed black people, and so. It, that movement, you know, that that's during the '60s. Right. That seems to be when that transition occurred, where those Dixiecrats then became Republican, and those people who were Republicans became Democrats right. because they supported John F. Kennedy. Then they supported, you know, Johnson. Then they voted, you know, uh, against Nixon. Right. <laughs> you know, and so forth and so on. And so then you, you know, as we kept progressing, number, I, I, you know, I'm just thinking if I look at the numbers. That's kind of when the changes happen, right? Um, but but when you think about a lot of the um, the core principles of the Republican, I guess that's where your question is coming from. When you think about the core principles of the Republicans, there's no reason for you not to be a Republican if you're black, right? There's really no reason. Because As a matter of fact, <laughs> if if you want to get a fast track in a political career, and, and the reason why I really asked that question is because if all the black leadership is in one party, Mm -hmm. the party right now that's causing the issue of of, uh, non-action against their president, Mm -hmm. okay, is the Republican Party. If you got only one black person there, he ain't so much he can do. And he come out to say, make a statement, but ain't so much, but imagine if it was 10, Right, he's only right because he only he's only one Senate vote. Right, so if it was ten other senators, and I've seen, remember when um, rest his soul, McCain, mm-hmm. 
John McCain was the only one that be, like, would actually stand up. Right. And then they were so quick that like shoot a picture of him or he would actually have to shake the hand of a Republican um, person that was, you know, really kind of racist or, you know, very controversial. Like, why are you trying to drag him down? He's doing what he needs to do from from the inside out. Right, right. And, they, and they're calling him the maverick. No, you. that's what polit- That's what dem- uh, d- democracy is. Mm-hmm. We, I feel like as black people, there's enough black people that you can be a Republican. There's probably way more actual think thought-minded Republican black people mm-hmm. than there are Democrats, but we're like forced to be negative towards the Republican Party because of the really far right people right, that are yeah. like the uh, that have the biggest voice, if I should say. Yeah, and I think a part of it too, you're right, but I mean I I can't help but agree with you on that. But I think that for some reason, you know, it, well, you know, politics is not an easy thing to enter. You know, you, right. you got to have money. It used to be a time when, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you could get into politics and you didn't need a lot of money. But now you need a lot of money and you have to get the party behind you, you know. Right. Um, and so if the party is not behind you, it is almost impossible to really, you know, do what needs to be done especially if you're running for anything other than dog catcher. Right. Okay. Right. Because once you get a certain number or percentage of people behind you, then the party gives you money to help you, you know, right. for your campaign. So for, for the black person, the problem is oftentimes, then how do I break that mold? Because you, you, you know, the party in the Republican party, they already have this person that in, you know, that's tr- traditionally white, right. That they say, we want this person to be there. So in the primary, I got to run against that person. Right. The problem is, how do I beat that person in the primary? It's hard to get all the black folk to vote for me in the primary because they vote in the Democratic primary. Right. You know, they're not voting in the Republican primary, and you can't do both. <laughs> you know. So I think that's one of the that's one of the problems. My understanding of um of, of Tim Scott was that he worked for someone, this is my understanding now, and unfortunately my memory's not as good as it should be, but he he is the one that told us how he got involved, was that because of his his work association, you know, he met people, and that allowed him to move up and understand some things. You're a business owner. You know, the policies of the Republicans probably help you out more than the policies of the Democrats. Yes, most definitely. You know, um, for me, the policies of the Republicans help me out more than the policies of the Democrats. Um, but the social issues of the Republicans, I have a hard time dealing with just because I am a child of God right. and I believe in the principles of the Bible. You know, so that's the thing that, for me, that's the problem. It's not the, it's not the policies dealing with government that, that I don't like. It's the, prop, it's the policy dealing with people you know, from a social standpoint, that 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 I, I may have a hard time digesting. Yeah. Um, so why are the people that's in the Republican Party not speaking up against the people that are really, in my opinion, just running into the ground? Uh, well, you know, say politics makes strange bedfellows, <laughs> and um, um, if you both if both of y'all in the same bed and got dirty sheets, yeah, you know, it's hard to get out the bed. Because, you know, if you think about the Republican Party the way it is, Donald Trump is not doing 
what the Republican Party now says its focus has been for the last 10 years. Republican Party's focus has been on being conservative in spending but, and also states' rights. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's been their thing. States' and rights. Home, and the homeboy's doing the exact opposite. Right. He's doing the exact <laughs> opposite. He's not conservative in spending. The deficit is skyrocketing. Right. You know, uh, the Republican Party were, were, was vehemently opposed to raising the debt ceiling. Okay? Under him, they jacked it up. Just as soon as we hit the debt ceiling, they jacked it up. They right. said, okay, we're going to raise it. No problem. Under Obama, they fought against it. But under him, fine, we're going to do it. So they raised the debt ceiling. The, um, the, the our, our debt is just, boom, just going through the roof. All that kind of stuff. Here's a man, a president that says, if you all don't open up... <laughs> Your states, I'm right. going to force you to open up. Right. That goes against the Republicans' basic principle of states' rights. Right, right, right. So he he's doing the opposite, and but yet they're still letting him do it because they want to get reelected. Bottom line. Yeah, which is it in the ultimate. It's sad. It is. I mean, it truly is sad that people are really just looking out for themselves, and somewhat I feel like the Republican Party is just trying to ride out these four years. You know, just like, okay, it's November be here, and then he'll be gone. But the thing that bothers me is that there wasn't even a primary for the Republican Party. Like, they ain't put nobody up against him. And I'm like, if I'm a Republican, I like, you got to put somebody else up here. Because he's not, he's not acting Republican. Right, yeah. You know, he's acting like, you know, really a super Democrat. We're giving all this money, you know, um, and this for another podcast episode, people that said, you know, basically are now sitting at home mm-hmm. collecting $900 a week, got a stimulus check, and will not fill out an application and go try to get another job. Everywhere I go, everybody hiring. Mm-hmm. I know. Right. <laughs> that's the irony of it, right? right? Everybody hiring. People hiring. Hey, but let's see that every week, USA Today say the other 2 million people file unemployment. I'm like, well, it's because the government's giving money out. That sounds like a democratic thing to me. Like, you know, I can hear Mr. Louis Farrakhan right now in my right ear telling me, you know, this is what I'm trying to tell y'all. They try to keep you in line by giving you stuff. Right. Uh-huh. And that's, but he don't get hurt because he's a stream. But I'm just, it's just really interesting how that nobody from the Republican Party is like, hey, like waving the flag, like something is wrong with this. Well, yeah. The only person that I've heard, you know, I, Mitch McConnell, Republican senator, did say that um, the only way that they would get another stimulus package that get extended unemployment benefits of, of that magnitude was over his dead body. So, <laughs> so it, he is the only one that I have heard that right. come out and say, no way it's going to happen. Um, but as you know, like you said, the Democrats are pushing it, and so was the president pushing it. And, and that's the irony of it is that he was, he was, he was lockstep in with, with Pelosi on that issue. Right. You know, on, on, on the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, Nancy Pelosi in, in the house. But you're, you're right. It's, 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 see, here's how, here's how I see Donald Trump. Donald Trump wants to be king. 
Mm-hmm. That's, that's really what he wants to be. Yeah. So he, 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 he makes decisions as if he's the king, not as if he's the president of a democracy. Right. If you listen to him talk, uh, like, just like, for example, when um, Twitter said that you know, his, some of his statements were inaccurate, and so they put a link to take you to accurate, you know, the accurate statements. When he said, you know, when they loot, shoot, right. and Twitter said, well, you know, that's promoting violence, and so we don't like that. And his thing was that he was going to shut Twitter down. <laughs> you know, that's what you do in a, not in a, democ- a democratic right. environment, but that's what you do if you're in the, you know, over in, you know, China, China or, or, you know, Russia or so on. That's what you do when you're a dictator. Um, so to me, that's what he wants. He, his actions and his talk is like he, when, when you, you know, when there's a riot going on in front of your house, right. not, it's just a riot, it was a protest because it was no rioting going on. If you have a peaceful protest going on in front of your house, and you decide you're going to call in, you know, your thugs. Right. You know, he called them. I mean, certainly they, they may have been authorized. They may have been federal uh, police, but they were acting like thugs themselves right. when they just trampled over these citizens. Right. You know, you trample over citizens. That's thuggish to me. And so it's just so you can show them that you, you, you have the right to walk across the street. So, I mean, what, what, what? What was the reason that he had his daughter with him? Yeah. Her husband, his wife. <laughs> right. Why? What was the reason for having them with you to walk across the street to hold a Bible up in your hand? Right. You know, that that's just, I want to show you I have power. Right. You know, that's the same thing that police officer did when he put his knee on George Floyd's yep. neck. I just yep. want to show you that I have the power. Right. And then looked at everybody like I am in charge of this. Yes, mm-hmm. and and that's the whole thing. You know, it, 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 when I think about all the bullies I have known all of my life, and I think about how they act and respond, if you take all of those bullies' personalities and put them into one individual, that resembles Donald Trump's behavior. You know, yeah, is that if you if you're with him, you know, he he's was he'll say. That's a good guy. If you oppose him in anything, his first thing is to lash out and to try to um, make you feel small. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no, well, let's talk about this. Let's see, you know, that, you know, this kind of thing. Here's a man that says he's smarter than everybody in the room. That's what he says, right? Yeah. I'm smarter than everybody in the room. He always talks about how much he knows. But then he says, well, I didn't know where the term, if you loot, when you loot, we're going to shoot, come from. If you're so smart, right. then why didn't you know where that came from? You, you know, so either you're the dumbest person in the room or you are the lionest person in the room. <laughs> it's got to be one of the two. Because right. if you were the smartest person in the room, you would know enough about history to know what that, you know, what that conjures up in the minds of, 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 of uh, people who are minorities. Right. And in... Now, let's talk about that for a little bit. We are falling for the trap, black people. Mm-hmm. The, the ones that are looting mm-hmm. are falling in the trap of what they're setting for you. Mm-hmm. Because why are you going in the store, tearing up the store? Why are you going in there stealing stuff? 
you know, the, you know, okay, I get you're angry about the police. Right. Now, when I see you tearing a police car, sure, and you at the police station tearing up this, right. I, I can wrap my head around that. Right. But why are you in Target right. tearing up the cash register? Well, you what you know what? It's funny. I mean, I shouldn't say it's funny, but it is funny to me. I get your point. I get your point. I get your point. But I, I get my people too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, this isn't my first rodeo with riots. You know, right. I remember the riots of the 60s. Okay. And 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 I remember, you know, um, when they, um, Sears at that time was a major store at that time. And it was called Sears and Roebuck, actually. And uh, when the riots started, uh, one of our neighbors that lived up the street from us, they came home with a brand new TV. <laughs> now, we didn't have a TV. Right. We listened to the radio right. back then. So my brothers told my father, uh, Dad, why don't you go down there and get us a TV? <laughs> and my dad said, I'm not going to lose my job, you know, because right. my father, he worked for the city. Um, you know, so... I, I get people who feel like they have been disenfranchised. I get people who feel like they have been taken advantage of saying, this is our moment. Now, is it right? No. But, but here's what, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you know this as well. Martin Luther King, and I'm paraphrasing what Martin Luther King said. He said, when people are wronged, first of, they, will, they will talk to you about it. If you don't listen to them when they talk, they will shout about it. If you don't listen to them when they shout, they will scream. If you don't listen to them when they scream, then they will take the next step so you will hear. And that step may be, I'm going to break out your window. Right. If you don't listen to them when they break out your window, they will set the whole building on fire in the hopes that something will get your attention. White America didn't listen to us when we talked about it. Right. They didn't listen to us when we screamed about it, when we yelled about it, when we threw a brick through the window. So now you're getting the next step. That's the same progression that happened in the 60s. This is the exact same thing. Is that it's all, It follows that, that kind of, you know, th that thing. Right. So it, is it right? No, I'm not saying it's right. But here's what I will say. Isn't it odd that if um, they say deadly force can only be used against deadly force when you have, um, when you need to protect life. And Donald Trump says, I'm going to use deadly force to protect property. Yeah. Yeah. Now, something's wrong with that. Right. You know. Uh, that 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 defies our own legal system for the man who is supposed to be the chief right. of all that stuff. Right. Right. You have uh, Barr, who is supposed to be the senior law enforcement officer in the United States of America. You would think he would have told the president, you know what? That goes against our own constitutional beliefs. Yep. You don't use deadly force to protect property, but... I didn't hear Bill Barr say one thing, you know, that, wait a minute, that's really out of bounds. Right. You know, it, we have a case of the emperor who has no clothes and nobody will say to him, 
hey, Donald, you're naked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, that was a long one. We, <laughs> so did, did, did you get everything off your chest? I think I got almost everything off my chest, but we ain't got enough time for me to <laughs> fully decompress <laughs> about this thing. But, you know, um, you know, I mean, every point you made is uh, really, truly, every point you made is right on point. You know, it, it's, it's right there. I, I, I think just for me, because, you know, I, I've, you know, lived 60s, you know, I've lived seventies and, you know, and uh, so I, you know, I, I went through that point in time, you know, I, I remember the Watts riots, you know, I, I remember, um, in, in, in Florida when, when that comment, you know, was made, right. I, I, rem- I remember what happened with Rodney King, you know, vividly, you know, right, all, right. all, all that situation, you know, it, it, it's, at some point it just turns your stomach. Um, it, I, you know, when, um, the the response to black people. I remember I, w- I was a Black Panther. You know, I was young, but I was in the Black Panther movement. I, you know, I, I remember how how they decimated the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. You know, you know how how they just you know used a tank to 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 knock down the front door. You know, through uh, you know um, just shot shot the place up with no no regard to whether or not they were children, right. women, or whatever in the building. Right. You know, and 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 there was no sense of um, mourning. There was no sense of injustice. Think about this, for example, the FBI under Herbert Hoover, right, was worried about Martin Luther King. Right, right. Isn't, isn't that a kick in the head? Yeah. The FBI was worried about Martin Luther King, but the FBI is not worried about David Duke. Right. They're not worried about the white nationalists. You know. They're not trying. Black folk getting lynched, you know. They, they they get a black man in 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 Texas, and and they put a rope around him, tie him to the back of a truck, yep. drag him down the street till his head pops off. Right, Jasper, yeah. Texas. Yeah, you know, come, you know, it's like it's and they wonder why people are enraged. You know, this young woman that was the EMT that we talked about last time, right? Right. You know, you 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 kill her. And there's no uh, somebody getting fired. There's no, you know, there's no with somebody, you know, that, that, that was, it appears that no one even looked to see what went wrong because somebody did something wrong. Right. Anytime the person you're looking for has already been arrested. Right. And you still break in, somebody did something wrong. And so, well, what happened to the person that didn't notify somebody? Oh, you know, what happened in that? Miscommunication. But I did find out that they was at the wrong address. On top of all that, right? Yeah, that's the thing. So, but, 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 but did anybody get any repercussion? Right. Except the the young, you know, except the, right. the, the husband that was trying to defend himself. No police officer got any, at least to our knowledge. Right. No police officer got any repercussion. That's why people are so angry, and that's what I think white America has to understand. That certainly. Maybe we should not be doing what we're doing in mass, but neither should white America. Right, right. And it also also goes to show that when you're in school and the teachers say, follow the instructions, read the top of the page first. Mm-hmm. When you get grown, you start to realize that was a very good instruction. Mm-hmm. Then when you get grown and start managing people, like somebody gave, the unit commander, the wrong 
address. Mm-hmm. Either that happened or he had the wrong address. Somewhere down the line, somebody made a mistake. That goes back to hiring good people, good education, on the basic fundamentals. Like, this is something very important. I got to give you the right address because you're going to, it's a no not warrant. You going to kick down the door. When the last time you heard of a no not warrant with white people? Heard of one. Seen it on TV. <laughs> like, you know, a TV show, but I never heard but of then it. Then they knock. They yeah. go, knock, 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 and then knock the door down. Yeah. Police. Boom. boom. It's yep. always police. Boom. I'm not saying they don't happen, but the incidents of them happen are so rare. Yeah. Because a no-knock warrant means I don't know who you are coming in. Right. So I'm going to fire back. It's the most dangerous thing that you can do. A no-knock warrant is only when you have made up your mind, I'm going to kill who's in there. Yeah. That's right. I mean, really, that's, that's the only reason why you would do it. Because here's what you know. Whoever's in the house can't stay in there forever. Right. That's right. All you got to do is sit outside and wait for them to come out. <laughs> you, you know, see, I'm, you know, I'm, to me, and I know we said we were going to cut it off, but <laughs> to me... See, to me, that's murder. Yeah. Because all you have to do is wait for them to come out. Look look at how many white folk have done crazy stuff, barricaded themselves in, and they don't do that to them. No. They wait for, they them, wait to for them to come out. They try to talk them down, all this kind of stuff. You know, they don't just shoot first and ask questions later. Right. You know? But if if you if you black man, you better know um, you in trouble. You know, just like those two young girls that were coming home from that that went out to get something to eat, right? And got and and, and they got it. True, was at the curfew, but they went out to get something to eat in their car driving home, and the, the police tased them and drugged them out the car. Now, fortunately, uh, those officers were reprimanded. They right. are made a decision, you know. But I can't believe those two white women. Right, that that would happen. It's 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 crazy, and I, I'm I'm and also I'm very happy, and I commend the police officers that are standing up. Sure. Well, I should say kneeling down kneeling with down. the with the um with the protesters because they're tired of it too. Because there's a yeah. lot of good cops that's getting a bad rep mm-hmm. for the the minority of the minority of the cops, not sure. the minority the race, but the small amount of bad police officers. Mm-hmm. Which I've been saying from jump, like they're gonna have to police themselves. Like, you know, the, the situation with George Floyd, and I'll, I I want to ask a police officer this question: If a civilian would have tackled the policeman that had his knee on his neck, what would have happened to him? He'd have been dead too. But see, oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, but that's where because if the police won't police the police. At some point, the, the 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 civilian people, when they see something like that going down, it's going to have to do something. It would have been a riot. Because, and I'm telling you this because it happened in Chicago in like the 70s. Yeah. It would have been a riot. Okay? If you tackle a police who is arresting somebody, if you don't get killed, you're going to jail. Yeah. You know, even though you're doing the right thing. And that's why the laws have to be, you know, changed somehow uh, because 
the policeman has almost immunity. The police union is so strong. They have almost immunity from prosecution right. when they kill somebody because they always use the same thing. If you fear for your life, right, right. If you fear, for, so all you got to do, somebody, you can walk out of your your office right now, and they can blow your brains out, and all they got to say is, "I feared for my life," right. And that's it. That's all they got to say. You could have your, and they're gonna, they, you know, they're gonna say, I, "I didn't realize it was just a cell phone that he was talking to." Right. I, I thought his gun was in his hand. Right. And you got a cell phone to your ear, and they would have said, "I thought he was raising up to shoot me." Right. And 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 no goodwill. You had your cell phone there, yeah. But, and and that's 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 the that's the problem. And I'm gonna say this. And I'm, I know we gotta cut this thing off because we both gotta go. <laughs> there are good policemen, but they're not doing the good deed. Mm. I'm saying it to say this: this gentleman that, that put his knee on 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 George Floyd had been investigated before, right? Now, um, just because the grand jury said it was not enough to move forward, if I got to go before a grand jury, something isn't right. Exactly. You, you can't tell me that some of those other officers hasn't heard George Floyd talk, you know, in a way that made it obvious that he targeted black people. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, right. you, you know just like <clears throat> if you and I sitting around talking and, you know, we at the bar you know my feelings. Right. You know? And so if I'm a real true good policeman, then I should be I should be telling somebody and say, listen, you know what? I know this guy's got for 20 years in the force, but let me tell you, he is racially profiling, he's doing XYZ, and then that manager has to do something about it. Right. And he has to blackball him so he cannot go get a job at another police force. Right. Do like I had to do other people in corporate America. Like, you know, okay, it's time for you to retire or, or get a desk job. Or like you know, like you told me earlier, it's time to fire you and not worry about your feelings. <laughs> hey, right. Well, thank y'all for listening and watching. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time. <laughs>